0: Thank you for listening to this message from Southridge Community Church, located in Clinton, New Jersey. We hope God speaks to you through this message today and that you find new ways to apply His Word to your life. Additional messages and more information can be found on SouthridgeCC.org. So let's get started.
1: We are in a series called Imago, and that's kind of part of a two-word phrase that's Imago Dei, both of which are Latin words, meaning image of God. And so in this series, we've been talking about the fact that every human being is made in God's image that in some way we are a reflection of the divine creator and God's mission for humanity is essentially that we reflect him in our lives. Our base text is Genesis chapter one, verses 27 through 28. Gonna read those couple of verses this morning again, as we jump into Father's Day. Here's what Genesis 1, 27 and 28 say. So God created mankind, humanity in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. In some ways, uh, this today, Father's Day is part two of what we began on Mother's Day. And one of the comments that we made on Mother's Day was simply this, That when God creates human beings and he says to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, he's not simply saying, hey, have kids. He is certainly saying that, but he's saying much more than that. What he's saying is, Adam and Eve, I created you personally with my own act, with my own power, with my own words, I've created you. And now I'm going to give you the mission of actually mirroring me. And as you bring other image bearers into the world, you're actually demonstrating a slice of my creative power. Adam and Eve, you're the only two people that I'm simply going to create with the words of my mouth, bringing you into existence. You're to carry out, you're to exemplify, you're to be a reflection of who I am in this world. But from here on out, I'm not just going to call other people into existence by my own personal creative work. You are actually going to mirror me and part of my creative power as I'm empowering you to bring other image bearers into this world. And so when you have kids, you're not just multiplying people. You're actually doing it as a reflection of who I am. And you're not simply birthing more human biological bodies. You actually have the privilege and responsibility of bringing other image bearers, others who reflect who I am into the world. And so when you have children, you're not supposed to just see them as kids, but as fellow image bearers of who I am. It's pretty amazing. Marriage and family kind of serves as the foundation of God's created orders, kind of the the apex and the foundation. And here's the deal, friends, when I say that, that probably brings some different kinds of emotions. And the reason is simply this. It's precisely because marriage and family is the apex and foundation is also the reason that it also brings often hardship and pain and challenge. If marriage and family were meaningless, if it were simply an add-on, we would just simply pass it by and however it goes, it goes. But we also know in a room like this, and those of you watching online, the idea of family, fathers and mothers, moms and dads, husband and wives, also with the additional, with the capacity of bringing great blessing in life can also bring great pain. how you were treated by your father, or whether or not he was present or absent, can be one of the most life-shaping things in your in your whole life. It can bring levels of blessing, and it can be levels of pain. Why is it? It's because it's foundational to who we are as human beings. Just another thought related to that is, God says several places in Scripture, not the least of which is the Ten Commandments. He says, "Honor your father and mother." And, and what He's saying there is not that, "Hey, we just hand out awards if you're a mom or a dad, or or however it goes in your home, and however your mom functions or however your dad functions, it's all good." Just like validate everything, it's not what He's saying part of the idea of honoring is actually acknowledging the purposeful intention of the creator in the created last yesterday actually we had a funeral here and you know i wear a white shirt with a tie and that kind of thing and uh, the after, later on in the afternoon i had some time so i mentioned before i have this old farm all O-H tractor and need some outside time so i mowed part of a farm field that i mow and, and, and here's the deal friends I honor and value my white dress shirt by not using it to mow with my tractor. Like one way to honor and value a white shirt that I wear to funerals or for dress-up occasions is precisely not to wear it when I do outdoor work or when I'm going to sweat it up or when I'm working around grease. That doesn't honor the white shirt. And so when God says, honor your father and mother, he's not saying, hey, overlook abuse. Just bless it, whatever behavior they should. No, he's saying, honor the level of high calling that I've given to moms and dads. Honor and value that. And part of honoring it actually means acknowledging when it's violated. So parenthood and marriages and families, that's a big deal to God. And it brings us blessing and it brings us joy, but it can also be heart-wrenching. It can also be difficult. So we're thankful that it's Father's Day and we realize that we have a congregation where there's single moms and single dads and never married and divorced and widowed. There's all kinds of stations. There's all kinds of different statuses that we bring. But whatever the case, we're a community of people that wants to honor God. I'm going to invite Dan and Amy Webb up uh, for this morning's time. Uh, This is kind of come part two of what we began on Mother's Day. If you remember, we had Dan and Amy. We interviewed them on Mother's Day. Uh, Amy primarily shared on Mother's Day as a female, as a woman, uh, as a mother in her home. And so that was the day that she primarily shared her experiences. We're going to flip that today. And primarily, it's going to be Dan. Uh, Dan is our executive director here at Southridge Care um, Amy serves as coordinator of our care ministries. Uh, They have five children. They're probably um, some of the youngest grandparents I know. Uh, They're also the grandparent of one. So if you could welcome Dan and Amy with me, that'd be awesome. Yeah, great to have you guys with us with uh, part two uh, with Mother's Day and Father's Day. Uh, On Mother's Day, Amy, you primarily shared uh, your story, and Dan gave a quick synopsis of his to kind of do a mirror image of that. If you could just do a quick review of what you shared on Mother's Day, then Dan, you'll dive in a little bit. Uh, What I know of both of your stories is that... um, you were not followers of Jesus. Uh, when you met, you were not followers of Jesus when you began your family, when you got married. And, uh, and even there was some antagonism there. And so just share with us a little bit about, again, a synopsis, Amy, and then Dan, sure. give us a, some more detail into your story.
2: Sure. So uh, I was a teacher um, when I uh, moved into a house in Highbridge, and God set us down across the street from a very strong Christian family. And previously, I had grown up like knowing about God. You know, we did the occasional Christmas, Easter kind of thing. You know, my mom was suddenly like, "Oh, you better go get confirmed." You know, go better do that. You know, but like I didn't know God, and so this neighbor starts praying for me and inviting me to her Bible study, and I was like. Are you' kidding me, but eventually I decided to go, and I met the Lord there. And Dan kind of thought I'd lost my mind, but um, you know, it's that was about 15 years ago, and it's you know, he just got a hold of my heart, you know, and it's it's been steady since.
3: Yeah. So as Amy said, and as Pastor Nathan said, neither of us grew up in Christian homes. Um, <clears throat> my experience with church and with God when I was a kid. Was primarily going with my grandparents to church when we would visit them and I'd kind of sit in the back and I'd listen to what the preacher was saying, but just really had no context for that. Certainly um, kind of had a little bit of an understanding of who God was. I think I probably understood that there was a higher power, supreme being, something like that, but certainly no no real knowledge or concept of who Jesus was. And um, yeah, through my through my um, elementary school years, middle school years, high school years, um, you know, religion was not something that was important to to our family, certainly not to me. Um, I do remember kind of praying on occasion to God or or whoever I thought God was. And it was sort of more like, you know, please grant my wish rather than sort of honoring and respecting like who God actually was. And, um, you know, I went to a college, I went to an engineering school, at that point as really antagonistic to to faith and probably even more so than antagonistic to God, uh, antagonistic to organized religion. Just saw it as really kind of uh, a bunch of hypocrites, uh, a a means for sort of, you know, in the ancient days, we needed to like convince the people that if they were bad, something bad was going to happen to them. So it was kind of a, a means of keeping the population under control and um, yeah, I was very, very antagonistic to to anyone who had any kind of faith. And, um, you know, when Amy, when Amy started going to the Bible study and she, um, you know, she would come home and she'd tell me what they talked about and we'd laugh and we'd joke and make fun of the people there. You and, laughed and <laughs> joked. He was very witty about it, actually. I, but, I had some yeah. good ones. I won't tell you what they are now. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but the first time I actually opened a Bible and started reading it for myself was to sort of refute the things that she was coming home and talking about. And certainly after she became a believer, it was a pretty tense time in our in our marriage and our relationship. And I just even remember, like, there was a point where she would start praying before dinner and she would be thanking God for providing the meal and the home. And I was like, what are you kidding? Like, I was at work, you know, 50 hours this week. I provided it, like... Um, <laughs> so anyway, that, that, that was an issue for us too. And, Um, you know, God just continued to work in my heart. And as I read scripture, we started actually attending Southridge. And, you know, I remember sitting in that section over there about halfway back one Sunday, and it was the first Sunday I took communion, probably in a long time. I mean, there was times that we would go to church, and I would just refuse to take communion. But for some reason, this Sunday, I took communion. It was March 5th, 2006, I still remember. And um, later that evening, we went to a Christian concert, and there was an altar call. And that evening, I gave my life to Christ. And um, you know, we've walked with God since then, just even as, as, even as pastor Nathan was sharing like 17 years ago when the skaters were here, we weren't followers of Christ. And like all of that has changed in those, those past 17 years.
1: Wow. So cool. Uh, Dan, I know you're uh, pulled in a lot of different directions, uh, it, Amy, we mentioned the different directions. Women are often pulled in. You know, same thing applies to, to men, Dan. And it, kind of there's often like scorecards of here's what it looks like to be the successful man. And so tell us a little bit about how you process uh, your personal scorecard uh, as a man, sort of you know, what you're after in, in a culture that kind of gives us a message of what that scorecard should be but then also how you try to intentionally shift that scorecard for what you feel is honoring to the Lord.
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously I think one of the main things for men is always just being a provider, right? Like that's why that prayer bothered me so much. And, you know, I think in our culture that gets distorted in probably like two primary different ways. Sort of there's, there's these two cultural images of of men and fathers. And one is like the superhero dad who's, you know, got the corner office and gets the promotions and takes their families on, you know, all the vacations and, and really just provides absolutely everything. Coaches the, the sports teams and um, I, I think that gets distorted because that's sort of like like the image of of a man like pursuing success as the ultimate as the ultimate goal, status and success, and that's kind of like like what winning at life looks like. There's sort of like the other cultural stereotype of kind of like this bumbling buffoon dad who can't remember the kids' names or birthdays or who their doctor is, and you know you know they're they're the babysitter when mom's not home, or they're you know like. I can't do anything without the wife or the mom and just kind of like don't have a clue. And I think for me, you know, so much of my life, just even kind of like as we shared, like we started out like we had our first kid before we were married. We were 19 when we had our first kid, like everything kind of in my life. I've sort of had a little bit like the the cards were stacked against me from the beginning. And it was just like this. There's always this obstacle to overcome. I'm always pushing the ball up the hill or the rock up the hill or whatever the saying is. And, and for me, sort of my scorecard was not, can I be this like uber successful husband and father, but it was, can I just not be a screw up? (laughs) Can I not be a failure? Because if the world, if my wife, if my kids, if my family finds out like who I really am, if, if the world sees who I really am, then like this whole thing is going to come crashing down. And this image that I've kind of like started to believe in. Uh, is just gonna be broken. I mean, it is broken anyway. And, and for me, you know, like obviously as Christians, like our Sunday school answers, like our worth and our value and identity is like who we are in Christ, right? Like that's that's really what we need to focus on. Who what did Christ do for me? Who am I in, Who am I to Him? Um But but really what that looks like for me, and, and kind of the, the scorecard that I've had to create for myself to offset all of that other stuff is. Was it look like to, to love God with a whole my, my heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength and what was it look like to love my neighbors myself? And really, my closest neighbors are my wife and my kids, my family. and just just that has to be the scorecard and I don't say that you know we're not up here because we have that all figured out certainly. That's something I have to remind myself of daily. you know I love my kids and my wife like more than anything, but I don't do a good job of loving my kids and my wife every day. I really don't and, and, and if I focus on that, that almost becomes self-defeating also. I just have to remember that I have a God who loves me, and I just need to mirror that for my family, for my kids, for my wife, and just do the best that I can to love them, to encourage them, to support them. It doesn't mean giving them everything. Sometimes it means choosing not to give them something, but just really depending on that relationship with the Lord to, um, to strengthen me so that I can be a blessing and an encouragement to my family.
1: That concerns me because we invited you precisely because we thought you guys were the perfect couple and did it all right. (laughs) I'm like, man, just, yeah, I'm
3: concerned. That's Um, that's not us.
1: (laughs) uh, Amy, uh, again, this is a mere question of what we asked on Father's Day. Uh, Dan is different than you. Uh, He brings something different to the home, to the marriage, to the family. Uh, That probably creates both Strengths, but also creates challenges. Tell us a little bit about what he does contribute and the uniqueness of Dan being male, father, husband, what that brings to the family.
2: Yeah, well, one thing you didn't touch on in as much this service that I, God, kind of gonna deviate from our agreed upon thing here, but like, you know, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> hold on to your hats. So one of the things Dan talked about kind of in first service that you didn't mention as much was that like he has, Often felt like you know he had to sort of battle against feeling not good enough, right? Feeling that sense of like I was the ADD kid, and you know if I had a nickel for every time somebody told me I wasn't living up to my potential, right? Um, he'd be a millionaire, he said. So like it, you know I had this blessing to um, come to know him pretty young. I mean we went to high school together, and um, even before he knew the Lord, he was a like family first, like let's make memories kind of guy. But what drives Dan, like he is such a, a purpose-driven guy. And and that is the very reason I think that he had those struggles. He was the kid who, you know, had A's on his math tests in seventh grade, but was like failing because he wouldn't do his homework. Because he's like, I know how to do it. I don't have to do 30 problems to prove it to you. You know, like he was the he, the kid who then went to college and walked into chemistry and taught himself the whole semester in one night because he said, Well, can I get the grade, you know, for the semester that I got on my test? And he got a higher grade. He got like a 96 or something, like higher than all his friends who'd been to class all semester. And that's the same guy who, when I was scared and pregnant at 19, he looked me in the eyes and he said, where you and the baby go, that's where I'm going to be. And so when we came to know the Lord, God was so sweet to, like, grow us together, you know, in, in, under circumstances that, you know, didn't look favorable, for that to happen. And so, you know, he has um he, he's the calm to my chaos. <laughs> you know, he's the the brings all the solutions to literally the things that I actually break, but also like the things that I need, like that out-of-the-box kind of thinking. And he sort of balances that for us. He is the one who came home from work to make the back to school chocolate chip cookies when I couldn't do it, you know, when I was teaching. He wanted to make sure Sophie had her, you know, first day of school cookies. Like, that's the kind of guy he is. He, like, I love out loud with so many words and he is the, like, loves by doing. He's steady and he's there. And, um, you know, it's, it's, he certainly brings what I could not. Plus he gets the stuff off the top shelf, so, you
1: know. (laughs) Uh, Dan, I know, uh, as Amy said, you are purposeful. Uh, You make different kinds of decisions in terms of, of your life and your family. How does your understanding that you're not just, you know, kind of raising kids, but instead you're actually fostering an environment where image bearers of God are raised and then deployed, how does that shape uh, your perspective of your responsibility, what you want to see happen in your family and in your marriage.
3: Yeah, I think one of the other things that, I, at least I know I do, and I think a lot of parents struggle with sort of culturally, is that our kids are, can also be sort of like a representation of us. Like we can get our value from our kids. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they doing the right thing? Are they doing the wrong thing? Um, you know, f- For us, not to say that we didn't struggle with that, but one of the things that we intentionally do is, is just try to look at our kids as unique individuals, you know, I was created in the image of God. Amy's created in the image of God. We're all created in the image of God, but that goes for our kids too. Like when they accept Christ and they have the Holy Spirit living in them, you know, God is doing a work in their lives too. And we've tried, we've really intentionally tried to um, look at them as unique individuals, and you know, kind of to help them determine, you know, who they are, what they were created to do, who they were created to be. You know, what does that look like in terms of, of parenting we don't parent every single one of our kids the same way we don't teach every single one of our kids the same way um, they need different things from us um, the other thing that we do is we look at our family as a unique collection of image bearers right like our, our family also reflects the image of God and we've kind of um, you, know, you know our goal hasn't been to be, like, keeping up with the Joneses and have, like, the nicest, you know, things or, um, you know, whatever. But we have intentionally sought what is God's unique calling for us, right? He put us in a certain place. He put us with certain neighbors at a certain time, a certain group of people. Like, we're, we're unique. We're different from everybody else. And God has given our family a unique calling, and sometimes that has looked like decisions that we've made um, for our family. You know, where we were going to live, things we were going to do, what I was going to do for a career, what Amy was going to do for a career, and oftentimes those are choices that, quite honestly, just look foolish. You know, people don't understand why are you making that decision? Why are you doing that? Um, it doesn't look like you know, it doesn't look like you're succeeding and achieving the things that most people would expect you to achieve. But those have been kind of the reflection and the outpouring of a lot of prayer for us and one of the things we talked about too is um you know there's a certain time when we actually sat and prayed and it seems a little hokey but we came up with a mission statement for our family and for me that was meaningful but just even asking our kids like like what do we want our house to be like what do we want our home to be known as like what kind of people are we going to be you know it's not just going to be by chance that we're this family, like like we have choices and responsibility and just what does it look like for us to uniquely live that out? Um, I think one of the things, kind of like the flip side of that, one of the things that I have struggled with and I'm sure in this room people struggle with too, just based on the amount of comments I got after first service, I know that the people struggle with this, was, um, you know, it, it's hard because our kids are not just made in the image of God, but they also are made in our image. And a lot of times for as parents, we see things in our kids that are a reflection of some of our brokenness, the things that we struggle with, uh, our sin nature. And um, you know that can be really it can be really triggering. It can be really hard to deal with. And you know as a younger dad, like I would just really struggle with those things because number one, it meant like I am broken in that way, and not only am I broken in that way, but I've given that to my kid and now my kid has to struggle with that. And you know, I didn't always respond the best,, you know, faced with that a lot of times I would just lash out or I'd be angry or I'd you know, be controlling or oppressive or whatever. And it was more, you know, it wasn't my kid's fault. It was just like, that was my sin nature in itself coming out and just dealing with what it looks like to have kids that were made in our image, also. And I think just very, very recently, you know, one of the really helpful things that God has shown me and I've realized is that um, you know, God didn't just, or God didn't give me, kids who struggle with the same thing i struggle with it's more helpful for me to think at in terms of like having a level of empathy because god gave my kids a father who struggles with the same thing that they struggle with right I, they, god gave my kids a father who's walked through some of the things that they're trying to walk through that are wrestling with some of the things that they've wrestled with and not that i've always gotten it right and i've gotten lots of things wrong but to just have somebody you know in the house on their side who can helpfully Help point them in the right direction. And I say that now more for myself than I do for anybody else, because that's a daily wrestling and a daily struggle for me. But just remembering, like we're all made in God's image and we're all marred, just as Nathan talked about last week. We're all marred and we're on this journey together. And just what does it look like to encourage and equip our kids with like what God has given us?
1: Dan, just continuing on that note, um, you know, you mentioned, and it's just kind of I'm sure really bizarre to think minus 17 years for you guys and where that was. Uh, Probably a lot of people have a sense of just maybe discouragement or they have made decisions and it's had a negative impact. Maybe it seems almost overwhelming. Uh, Additionally, in our congregation, we have single moms and dads. Uh, We have unmarried. We have all kinds of stations and statuses. What would you give just for an encouragement, uh, particularly for parents uh, in this season of time, uh, just to encourage them to, you know, just breathe life into them when they're looking at these challenges, some of the things they wrestle with, uh, what, would, what would some encouragement be? Yeah,
3: I think the first thing is really, and this this took me a long time, but try to embrace the story that God has given you, right? If we're each made in the image of God, our our unique stories also reflect God's image. And I think, like, for me, I spent too many years trying to run away from the story that God had given me because parts of it were painful. And it wasn't until very recently. And you know, this is this is difficult to do, and it takes other people speaking into your life and other people to walk with you. But really dig into the story that God's given you because He He does wanna use it. There are aspects of your life, there's aspects of your story. Um, some of your brokenness that can really be a benefit and a blessing to other people. I'd say the other thing I would just encourage you to do, this is something that we just even continue to encourage ourselves to do, is just really be intentional about who you are. You know, What is God calling you to do? What is God calling your family to do? What does it look like to pray for specific decisions, right? Our decisions aren't all driven by sort of cultural norms. As followers of Christ, sometimes God's just got crazy stuff he wants us to do. Not, not to be crazy, but just to, to allow him the space to show up and do something really cool. And, um, you know, we, as Amy kind of alluded to, like we've made some challenging decisions. Um, the impacts and some of those results were hard and painful, but they've been some of the, the times that we've seen God most clearly at, at work in each of our lives, um, you know, as we've just continued to try and, you know, what does it look like to walk with God? And what does it look like to point my kids in the direction of walking with God?
2: Yeah, and just to kind of echo that, um, you know, we have, we live in a world that culturally um, places a much higher value on self and self-fulfillment than family, um, on success and status than service. And, um, you know, as, as, you know, I was sharing about Dan, about somebody who's really driven by purpose, and how when he came to understand, like, who he was in Christ, how that drove even his purpose towards his family, towards us, to love sacrificially. You know, he's the one who who truly, like, puts himself last to take care of us, and so I think, you know, for family, like, I just want to say dig in, really dig in intentionally, and don't be afraid to swim upstream against culture to obey God for what he's asking you to do. As Dan said, sometimes those decisions are hard. Sometimes they look foolish to the rest of the world, um, but he has a purpose for each of us. And then the other thing I would just really, um, really encourage you to do is, is to keep seeking God yourself. You can't give away what you don't have. You really can't disciple well without having been discipled, without having, you know, sat at God's feet. And, um, you know, God calls us um, in our family to disciple our kids and um, you know I was just thinking like I, the scripture I was thinking about it's really guided many many of the choices we've made for our kids and I just want to leave you guys with this it comes from Deuteronomy six right after the Shema where he says and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and all your strength and he tells us we have to commit ourselves wholeheartedly to those commands right but then in verse seven he says repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That takes a lot of time. If you're gonna talk, you know, when they rise up and when they sit down, and you're gonna teach, you know, when you're by the way, and and you know, write them on your door. Like that, that takes time and intentionality. And and God calls us to that. So I think when we kind of set aside some of those cultural norms and kind of focus on what God's calling us to, family is really purposeful, really, really purposeful in God's kingdom. And it takes intentionality. So I would just encourage you to, to really dig in and spend that time.
1: Yeah. Dan, I'm going to ask you to... Pray with us in a second, and I'll invite Laren and our team up, Kaya up. Uh, as, they, as they come up, uh, one of the things I love about the church is that we are all different. And so there, we have people who have never been married. Uh, we have people who are widowed, uh, people who are happily married, people who are struggling in their marriage, people who have children, people who long for children but don't have children, people who are single moms and single dads. Um, people who have experienced loss and people who have experienced great celebration. And I just, you know, I just love it that as a church, we can serve one another, that those who may be single moms or single dads can bring their child into an environment where they have the influence of another kind of role model, Um, where those who do not have children can serve those who do. Uh, just there's all kinds of ways that the body of Christ works to serve one another and provide a reinforcing environment um, for families as they as they seek to become the expressions of, of God's image and shape that in their kids so I'm going to ask all of you to stand and um, Dan if you could just pray for, the working of God's Holy Spirit uh, in our congregation as the family of God, as ones who support one another, uh, for fathers particularly, as they try to build in and lead, to lead their families uh, to recognize God, to serve Him. Um, if you could just pray that over our congregation, that would be a blessing to us.
3: Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for the work of your spirit in our lives. God, thank you for this time when we can just gather and worship you. God, thank you that you're good, you're faithful, you're everlasting. Thank you for the reminder of just your presence and that we can come before you. God, we can confess. um, On a day like Father's Day, there's, there's Countless people who struggle um, with with wounds and um, God, the impacts of broken relationship and God, thank you that we can just lift those people up and pray for them and God, thank you just even in my own life that um, when there are times as a father I'm I'm not enough and I'm um, just short or um, just don't have what it takes, Lord, that you are a good father and that you cover those gaps and you fill the places that um, are are broken. You feel the places where there are voids. God, thank you for each person in this room, Lord, that you've brought us together, that you've put us in this place at this time. And God, we are a community. We are a family. And God, pray for each one of us that you would just reveal to us places where we can serve, where we can love, where we can encourage, where we can equip. God, maybe where where men or women can just serve in roles that um, point young people or teenagers or students or even older people to you. God, thank you that you wait with your arms open for us to walk uh, towards you. God, that you receive us with open arms. God, that you love us more than we can imagine. God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that covers all of the things that, um, that we struggle with, just as we shared this morning. God, just pray as we leave, God, that you would continue to um, just put those things in our heart, that you would shape us and mold us. And God, thank you that we are changed by your spirit, whether um, the, the people we were 17 years ago or 17 minutes ago won't be the people that we are, God, 17 minutes from now or 17 years from now. God, we just invite you into our lives and we ask that you do a mighty work in each and one of us. God, may all that we do, Bring glory and honor to you, and it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
1: Father. Thank you that we can know that we are loved through Jesus. Thank you that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to pretend that we have the perfect lives. Thank you that your son, Jesus, was marred. our marring that our evil our sin our shortcomings our falling short have been placed on him thank you that we are loved that we are your sons and daughters and we belong to the father in heaven strengthen us to be a community of people that walks in relationship with you that serves and loves families that lead our families with the power of your spirit thank you that you're at work even in us we ask these things in the name of Jesus our savior Amen. Everybody, uh, our prayer team is down here to the right. Uh, Thanks so much. Why don't you thank Dan and Amy for sharing with us this morning. God bless. Happy Father's Day. Have a wonderful day.